Uh, this is Robert Reich, former Secretary of Labor of the United States. Please tune in to Tom Duggan's show, and it's called Paying Attention. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? Facebook's very slow today. And I must have missed something when you were just talking to yeah, they definitely have to I must have not been paying attention when you were busy slamming the door. All right, I'm trying to pull. Can you just pull me up just a little bit? Sure. You're the best, baby. I do what I can. There must have been. How's that? You want some more? Testing one, two. That's good. I like that. There you go. Mel went live the other night on Facebook. It was awesome. Yep. Just a little. We're gonna have a Valley Patriot event. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to a, a Melvin Taylor show. Oh, I want to go. Uh, absolutely, everybody's welcome to come. I might even buy the first round. Woo. Starring you and I. Ba, 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 ba. See, I think we're made for each other, you and I. Uh-huh. Get those papa buzz down like gray. I mean, I am a singer. Fine. All right, I got okay. nothing to talk about. Thanks for coming, folks. Good yeah. night. <laughs> We just sing the whole song. We should start the show, right. shall we? Let's do Hi, it. how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've had a lot of local shows lately. We had Joyce Kemp and Yon on last week, and I get a little, get a little bit of crap for that for somebody from somebody oh, who's running against really? her. Oh, yeah. Everybody in politics is so goddamn thin-skinned, it's ridiculous. Oh, These know. guys get up there and they throw bombs at everybody that they can at the council table or the school committee table or whatever, and then you say one thing that they think might hurt them in some small, tiny little way, yep. and they get their panties in a bunch. They're the thinnest-skinned... For people who throw bombs, you would think they'd at least be thicker skin that they yeah. could take some incoming a little bit. But boy, did I get crap for that. But you know what? I really don't care because I used to care. I used to care. I used to like some of these politicians. I, used to, I thought that I was friends with some of these politicians. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to every single one of them will throw your ass under a bus if they think they can get some kind of political benefit for it. So I don't care anymore. 
quite frankly, I just don't. You want to come on the show? Come on the show. Even if I don't like you, I'll treat you respectfully. Respectfully, I will treat you the same way I treat everybody else, as evidenced by all the debates we did two years ago. Now, you go back and you watch those debates from two years ago. And like specifically the West End debate, the West End City Council debate, we had five candidates here. There was at least one person on this, on this panel who I shouldn't have even let in the goddamn door, okay? Because this guy has done everything he can to destroy, to try and destroy me, to try and destroy this show, to try and des- destroy the, the, my newspaper. And yet, if you watch that debate, I bet you $150 cash, you can't watch that debate and tell who it is, right? In the at-large race, there was one candidate that I was publicly endorsing. And I bet if you watch that debate, you can't tell who it is. Because when we do our debates, when we do like we have candidates on and it's an official thing, not just my opinion, mm. then I, I'm here for them. I'm, I, they're the ones getting the benefit from my audience. I have, right. a, I have a vast audience. And the Valley Patriot has a vast audience, a lot of whom, I would say at least 40 to 50% of our readers in the Valley Patriot are veterans, which is why the September edition of the Valley Patriot, which will be out tomorrow, it should be out today, but we had a problem at the printer this morning, um, is a salute to veterans and a salute to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And almost every page has something honoring a local veteran, right? And even like uh, uh, Guy Cooper was here two weeks ago. He's running for Haverhill Mayor. Uh, I took some of his quotes from the, from the show that he was on, and we wrote a story about where he stands on issues. Yeah. Because he's a veteran. So this is our salute to veterans edition. But if you want to snub me, that's fine. You're not snubbing me, right? I have two jobs. And I think the problem a lot of people have, uh, at least in, especially in Methuen, a lot of people, the problems that people have with me is they can't separate the fact that Tom has an opinion about these things, but then Tom can write an objective news piece. Now, is there anybody who watches this show that doesn't know I don't like Steve Saber? Anybody, right? Yeah. I've been pretty vocal about it. I don't yeah. like his politics. I don't like him personally. He's somebody that I endorsed. He's somebody that I helped and then got a knife in my back. So, you know, I think anybody would react exactly the same way, right? Right. However, I did a report card on all the city councilors where I objectively evaluated how they handled the budget, how they handled policy, because that's their job, budget and policy, how they handled them, their conduct at the table. And I gave Steve Sable like an A on... On the budget. And I think I gave him like a B plus on policy. Now, if I was somebody who just came in here and attacked people I didn't like, and then my news stories reflected that, I could understand some politicians saying, yeah, maybe I don't want to go on that guy's show. Or maybe I don't want to participate in the Valley Patriot. But the evidence says differently. So if you're dumb enough to believe what my detractors say rather than look at the evidence yourself, then that's on you. If you're a candidate, you want to come on, whether I like you or I don't, you're welcome to come on the show. And again, I will treat you the same way I treat everybody else. If you, if you come on the show, I will treat you respectfully. However, if you snub the show, if you snub the Valley Patriot, again, you're not snubbing me. You're snubbing the veterans. You're snubbing the elderly because the va- a, 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 a large portion of my readers are elderly, especially Methuen and Lawrence and Haverhill. Um, and I know because they call me on the phone, yeah, you're that young Duggan guy. I don't do the email thing, but I wanted to let you know what I thought about whatever, right? Yeah. So I get calls all the time. You want to snub me? That's fine. You're not snubbing me. You're not hurting me. My ratings are just as good now as they were when all the politicians were coming on once a week. 
when I had the Methuen mayor, when I had Methuen counselors, when I had Lawrence counselors, and we were doing all local stuff about a year ago or so, my ratings are actually better now than they were then. And by the way, my advertising is now better now than it was than it was then. Although we, we do have one opening if you want to advertise on the show. If you want to sponsor the show, it's $200 a month. It's the cheapest advertising you're going to get considering the exposure that we give you. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I do want to talk about. So because we were doing a lot of local stuff, I want to talk about some national stuff. Haven't had a chance to talk about Afghanistan. Haven't had a chance to talk about the anniversary of 9-11. And I really want to start with the Texas abortion law because I'm a very confused person. When I hear a politician say something, I believe, not necessarily that I believe them, but I believe that for the most part, they believe what they're saying. But now I'm not too sure anymore. I think at this point, I just disbelieve everybody because how do you say, how do you, if you're pro-abortion and you're for abortion, what you call abortion rights, reproductive rights, however you want to recategorize it so it doesn't sound bad, right? Everybody has, to, everybody has to redefine things to make bad things sound good. And by the way, if abortion was a great thing, they wouldn't have to do that. They would just call it abortion, right? But um, how do you say my, my, my body, my choice? All we've heard for 20 years in the abortion debate is the government shouldn't get between me and my health decisions and my doctor. They should stay out of my bedroom. They should, they should stay out of, of my body. They should stay out of my doctor's office. The government needs to, it's my body, my choice. How do you say that now after a year of the government should mandate vaccines? The same people who push for abortion, it's the Democrat Party for the most part. There are some Republicans, that's true, because some Republicans suck too. But how do, you, how do you spend 20 years saying my body, my choice, and the government needs to stay out of my health care decisions, and then for a year say the government should mandate vaccines? The government should, should and by the way, if you get a vaccine, you get a card, and the government, that, all that information that you fill out to get the vaccine goes to the government. And now they're keeping track of who you are and what your side effects are. Um, if you have diabetes, maybe people with diabetes have certain side effects and people who don't have other side effects. If you're black, you might have certain side effects. If you're, if you're Latino, you might have different side effects, right? Because this is an mRNA vaccine, which means it gets into your DNA and changes your DNA. It changes the structure of your DNA, right? So again, this is not, I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not against the vaccine. We've talked about that on the show before. But what I am saying, because everybody that listens to the show hears something different depending on your perspective. Here's what I am saying. I'm saying you can't spend a year mandating that the government get between me and my doctor. You can't spend a year advocating that the government get involved with what I put in my body and what medication I choose or don't choose to take. And then in the next breath say, there's a new abortion law in Texas, and this is horrible because my body, my choice, the government needs to stay out of it. Can't say that anymore. Can't say that anymore. So I've, I've, come to, I've come to believe that all of these political talking points on any issue, whether it's abortion, the death penalty, the border, taxes, health care, it's all bullshit. All of it. And the people who run around regurgitating the talking points of bullshit show the rest of us who think for ourselves that you're just, a, you're just a zombie, you're a drone. You haven't given any thought to any of these things. I, I, I'm, let me go back to when CNN comes on when, during Donald Trump 
presidency and tells you in the one breath that Donald Trump is a Nazi, and then they take a break and come back and talk about gun control, turning all your guns to who? The Nazi. Well, if they really believed Donald Trump was a Nazi, why would they be telling us to turn our guns over to him if they really believed that? And this is the same thing. It's the same dynamic here with this abortion issue, that the talking points have been bullshit all along. You want to know what the abortion issue is really about? I'll tell you what, nobody wants to hear it, especially if you're pro-abortion, but what the abortion uh, debate is really about is money. It's about money. It's about they abort these fetuses, they sell the parts to science, and they make a ton of money on it. And the scientific community makes a ton of money on it. How do you think China has humanized mice? During the discussion of the vaccine, we keep hearing doctors on CNN and Fox and MSNBC talk about how in the Wuhan lab in China, the Chinese are doing experiments on humanized mice. You know what that means? That means they took the T-cells from aborted fetuses and fused them with mice DNA to grow mice that have human organs. That costs money. And by the way, you need a lot of fetuses to do stuff like that. Well, if you don't think we're doing that in this country, you're crazy. The abortion debate is not about your body. It's not about your choice. It's not about the poor girl who got raped. It's not about any of that. It's about money, just like everything else in this country. Just like the Afghanistan war wasn't about going after terrorists. It was about money. Just like the border isn't about helping poor Latinos come and have a life that they couldn't have where they were. It's about money. Everything's about money. Everything. And the older I get, the more I realize how little I knew for the last 54 years of my life. Because I really, I really bought into the left versus right bullshit. I did. I bought into it. I was a hardcore right-wing conservative Republican almost my entire life. Until I realized, and it, it, shame on me for taking 54 years to figure it out, that both sides are just full of shit. They both give you these talking points that sound good and test good. They hire polling companies to call people and ask them how they react to certain phrases, positively or negatively. And then the ones that people respond the most positively to, that's the talking point that their side uses. That's why we don't call, that's why Democrats don't call abortion abortion anymore. They call it health reproductive rights. It's not about health reproductive rights. It's about politicians making money from Planned Parenthood who take our tax money, give it to politicians who will then give them more tax money and will vote for more abortions and to vote for less restrictions on abortion. So again, let's not talk about whether abortion is good or bad. That's the conversation the left and the right want us to have to distract us from all the other stuff. I hear on Fox and on CNN for the last three days how horrible this Texas abortion law is. And I have to say it's, it's very unique and, and I'm not too sure how constitutional it is, although I think, the, the, I think the Supreme Court has weighed in on this and said they're not going to take it up, which means it will stand. Part of the law says that if someone gets an abortion, anybody in the state of Texas can sue them. I, I don't think I like that. I'm very anti-abortion. But again, I can separate the two. Like most politicians can't. I can. I can separate. I don't, I don't, I don't think I like that idea. I don't like the idea of the government passing a law that an average person can sue you if you break that law, but there's no like criminal justice ramifications. There's no fine or no arrest or no anything else. However, those who are crying, this is setting back women's rights. It's all about women's rights. It's not about women's rights. What about the woman who gets raped? 
Well, look, if a woman, if a woman, God forbid some woman gets raped, she knows she got raped, right? She doesn't have to wait six weeks to go to the hospital and get a plan B. And you've got six weeks to go get an abortion with no restrictions in Texas. That's what the Texas law says. So if you've been raped, as horrible as that is, any woman who's been raped, the first thing they should do, no matter what, is go to the hospital, get a rape kit, and get a plan B. So don't get pregnant from the asshole rapist who violated them. The Texas law takes that into account. So now is it really, like I heard AOC yesterday say, this is just Republicans who are trying to destroy women's rights. Let me ask the AOCs of the world if there are any of you out there. To what end? What's the purpose? Why would evil Republicans be hell-bent on taking women's rights? How do they benefit? We know everything in politics is about cost-benefit, everything. So what is the benefit to the Republican Party, of which I'm not, I'm not a Republican, and will never ever be a Republican again, so please stop calling me if you're from the party. I get one call a week saying, please come back, and I'm never coming back. But what benefit do Republicans have, or the Republican Party have, or some Republican congressmen have, to pass laws to restrict abortions in certain ways? Now, most people that I know are pro-life, depending on how you depend pro-life, right? If you ask them, they'll say, no, 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 I'm pro-choice. But then if you say, well, do you agree with abortion on demand up until birth, like partial birth abortion? They say, no, I'm not for that. 90% of America is not for that. So that means 90% of America is in some way pro-life. They are for some restrictions on abortion. And I think the Texas law, although I don't like the, the way that they're trying to enforce it with the lawsuits, I think overall the Texas law, I think they've got it right. Now, you might not. You might think it's totally horrible. But that's okay. We can agree to disagree on that. This is really about whether or not the motivation of the people that are pushing either side is real or not real. And I have to tell you, on the pro-abortion side, it's really kind of not real. Because they, they benefit from abortions. They benefit financially. They benefit politically from abortions. So on the other side, I don't see that. I don't see a great... There's not a whole lot of money in the pro-life movement to be giving to Republican candidates. There's some, but it's not the billions and billions of dollars that the pro-aborts are getting, or the pro, what do they call themselves? Pro-choice, pro-women's reproductive health, all that baloney, right? So when I look at this, uh, this Texas abortion law, here's what I want you to do, whether you agree that abortion should be legal or not. Put that aside and look at what the law says. And the law says that if there's a fetal heartbeat, not a so-called fetal heartbeat, but it, if there's a fetal heartbeat, you can't have an abortion because it's a person. And our Constitution guarantees that life, liberty, and property will not be taken away from any person without due process of law. It's constitutional what they said in Texas. I think it is, except for the enforcement part. I still have a problem with that. But we've got to be able to find a way to have conversations about these issues without everybody running to their corner and calling each other names. You're against women. Well, you hate babies. That solves nothing. It solves absolutely nothing. What it does is it pushes people further to the left or further to the right. Nobody comes to the middle. And then we generally don't have some kind of a solution that we can all agree on. Like I said, 90% of Americans think that partial birth abortion is horrible. So how about we just ban that? Let's just ban that first. Let's find the common ground where we all agree. Let's ban partial birth abortions where the baby is, the fetus is nine weeks, nine months old. It's about to be born. And the doctor sticks a vacuum tube in 
or forceps and kills the baby inside the womb and then breaches the baby and pulls it out. Uh, that's, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever had to describe on any podcast ever. But that's what it is. People need to know that that's what it is. Maybe we could just do that. And then maybe once we've done that, then maybe we can come to the, to the uh, middle and discuss how we can help women who have been raped or the victims of incest with plan B and all this other stuff, and then find a way into the middle where we're not, we're not killing each other over this issue. Because in America, since 9-11, and this is going to merge perfectly into our next topic, since 9-11, America, as Americans, we have decided that there are no outside enemies anymore. All of the enemies are inside the country. They're our fellow Americans, right? It's black versus white. It's women versus men. It's the poor. It's class warfare, the poor versus the rich. How many times you hear about the 1% of the rich versus the 99% of the poor? And we've got to stop doing that. This is, we, we're approaching this weekend the anniversary of 9-11. And I, I, I wrote a column, and I hope everyone reads it. I posted the paper, the PDF of the paper anyway, online on my Facebook page. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at, we're approaching the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And what have we learned? What have we, how have we advanced? How have we benefited from the tragedy that has happened? I would I would posit a guess to say that we haven't. In fact, I think we've gone the other way. Let's remember why 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened for two reasons. It happened because there were a group of Muslim extremists who hate this country, who hate our government, and will do anything because it's their religion now. It's a cult, right? It's their religion. And please don't email me and say, I said this is about all Muslims, okay? I know you people don't understand general concepts, but I didn't say all Muslims, okay? But there are Muslim terrorists, and they are a cult. And this cult of Muslim terrorists want to destroy our freedoms, and they want to destroy our government, and they want to kill all of us. That's their aim. That's their goal. They live it, breathe it, eat it, and sleep it. They hate you and your family and your friends and your neighbors and everyone you've ever met in your life simply because of where you live and the freedoms that our government guarantee us. That's the first reason why we were hit on 9-11. The second reason we were hit on 9-11 is because we were so cocky and arrogant as Americans that prior to 9-11, we thought we were untouchable. What were we obsessed with? Do you remember? Because I, I, actually, did a, um, I actually did a lecture at a, at a college university in Boston the year after 9-11 and talked about this. And I pulled news clips of what was on the news the week before 9-11. And you know what it was? It was Miley Cyrus getting drunk. It was Charlie Sheen's latest drunken escapades, and it was Gary Condit, some guy who was a congressman, who was accused of killing his aide, raping and killing one of his aides. And by the way, we found out 10 years later he didn't do it. Some other guy did it. But we were all obsessed with the Hollywood bullshit. We were all obsessed with black versus white, women versus men, class warfare. And what we weren't doing prior to 9-11 was paying attention to the real threats to this country from, out, from, from outside the country. We're now back in the pre-9-11 mindset. When we got hit on 9-11, we finally woke up and we finally said, hey, wait a minute, we didn't pay attention to the fact that there are millions of people out in the rest of the world who hate us. And then, of course, the self-flagellation began on CNN. Why do they hate us? Maybe there's something we can change about ourselves so they'll like us. And that's not the answer either. The real answer was we needed to pay attention more 
to the fact that there are millions of people in other countries around the globe who want to destroy our government and destroy our freedoms and kill us and destroy our way of life and pay more attention to that than the class warfare that goes on in this country, than evil white racist cops gunning down black men for fun or the five white supremacists out in Wisconsin somewhere. And we're doing the same thing now. We're not paying attention to the fact that China has been the only country during the pandemic to actually prosper after they sent us a virus, right? We're not paying attention to the fact that, you know, the Taliban may have taken over Afghanistan, but, you know, Al-Qaeda's take, pretty much taken over Pakistan. No one's, well, nobody's even talking about that. Nobody's even looking into it. We have no idea where the 9/11, next 9-11 is going to come from, but I promise you this, we got another one coming. And it's coming soon because as a society, we've turned on each other. As a society, we see the enemy as each other, fellow Americans. The enemy is the person who doesn't agree with somebody on abortion or someone who wears a mask or someone who doesn't wear a mask. And we're so busy attacking each other that we're doing the terrorist job for them. We're doing China's job for them. We're doing Russia's job for them. And where are we 20 years later? Because of our own incompetence and because of our own obsession with irrelevancies like the Hollywood bullcrap and sports and all the distractions in our lives, where are we? Al-Qaeda is stronger today than it was on 9-11. The Taliban now control the entire nation of Afghanistan. We are trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt because of various reasons. Military spending on a war that didn't need to happen. A COVID pandemic that was sent to us from one of our enemies that we still won't say came from China. We still won't say it came from the enemy outside. Right? We're still blaming each other. We're still yelling at each other about masks and nobody's talking about holding China accountable for what they did to the world. And that's why I say we've got another 9-11 coming. We do. I can feel it. And anybody who pays attention to this stuff on a regular basis can feel it too. That when we spend all of our time attacking each other over Black Lives Matter, attacking each other over women's rights and all this other stuff and making each other the enemy instead of talking to each other and coming to a consensus and then moving on, we are rife. We are rife to be attacked again. And, you know, God forbid this government falls. You don't think it could happen? Afghanistan didn't think it could happen. Germany didn't think it could happen. Cambodia didn't think it could happen. Russia, the Soviet Union never thought. They thought they were going to be the Fourth Reich. They th- the Soviet Union thought they were going to be in power for the next 300 years. And they fell. And this country, this government has only been established for about 200 and something years. We can fall too. It can happen here. And we're starting to see it. We're losing our rights. We're attacking each other. We're losing our rights. The government is getting bigger. The government is getting, more stro- getting stronger. But what are they doing with that strength? They're not protecting us. Love them or hate them, Joe Biden left Americans behind enemy lines. Willingly. He willingly and purposely left Americans behind enemy lines. And our generals at the Pentagon left Americans behind enemy lines. Right around the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That's what this country stands for now. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that this is what our country stands for now. We have weakened our military. We have weakened our resolve. We've weakened the middle class. 
We have weakened the, the, the cohesion of being an American. Remember the day after 9-11? Remember on 9-12 when we all sat back and said, holy shit, we had no idea. We really need to stand together. Democrat and Republican, we have to be Americans. Black and white, we have to be Americans. M- women or men, rich or poor, we have to be Americans first. We got it on 9-12, but it didn't last. We said we'd never forget, and we didn't forget. We still give platitudes to our veterans. We have ceremonies on 9-11, but we do absolutely nothing for homeless veterans who are sleeping on the streets of Lawrence and eating out of a fucking garbage can. So we didn't forget. We just stopped caring. We stopped giving a shit. As a nation, we stopped caring. We stopped caring about our fellow Americans. Again, people come on my page on a regular basis, accuse me of being a racist just because I'm white. And then I share my opinion about abortions and I hear... Well, you're a man. You have no right to have an opinion on abortion. We have to stop this. And unfortunately, it gets stoked by CNN and Fox and the media. It gets stoked by the Democrats and the Republicans in D.C. because they're all making money on it. The more you and I hate each other, the more money they make. The more they can pit Democrats versus Republicans, liberals versus conservatives, men versus women, the more money they make. They're raping our tax money. We spent 18 years out of 20 years in Afghanistan shoveling money into the military-industrial complex. I know, it sounds like a left-wing talking point, right? But again, I'm not a Republican. I'm just looking at the reality of what's on the ground. Our generals lied to us for 18 friggin' years. And our politicians lied to us for 18 friggin' years and told us, the Taliban's on the run. We've almost got them. We just need a couple of million more dollars, a couple of billion more dollars, and they're going to be done, and then Afghanistan can run the show. And it was all a lie. All of it. All of it was a lie. All of it. The Afghan government didn't really exist. It was some guy from an American university, I think in Pennsylvania somewhere, that we tapped and we, that we, we, tapped and we put him, we, we imposed him upon the Afghan people to be the president of the, of the Afghan government. And then we took our tax money and we paid Afghan citizens to join the Afghan army and we paid them more than we paid our own men. And then we're shocked, shocked that they ran away when we stopped paying them. That when we announced that we were withdrawing and that we're not paying you guys to defend your government anymore, which is a puppet government to begin with, we were shocked. I mean, the generals came out and said, we had no idea. Who could have thought that when we stopped paying people, they'd stop fighting? It was all a lie. They knew. How does anybody with two brain cells in their head not understand that if you have to pay someone to fight for you in another country, that when you stop paying them, they're going to stop fighting? They, 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 they say with a straight face, Joe, Joe Biden said with a straight face, and again, this isn't a partisan comment. He said with a straight face, we had no idea they'd take over the country that quickly. How is that possible that you didn't know that? You have one fucking job. One. Protect the American people. And you didn't know? You didn't know that if you stopped paying people to fight for the Afghan government that they'd stop fighting? You didn't know after years and years and years and years, two decades of intelligence reports showing that the Taliban was not on the run, that al-Qaeda was not being diminished, and we kept shoveling more American tax dollars that could have been going to homeless veterans? or homeless Americans, or, or cancer patients, or the mentally retarded, or how about, I don't know, Social Security? Look at the trillions of dollars that we've spent over there 
We've been completely betrayed by the people in Washington, D.C. And by the way, I, I had all of the, 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 the previous presidents, with the exception of Donald Trump, because he's the guy that said, let's put an end to all this. But George Bush and Clinton? Come on. Come on. And who did I, who did I leave out? I left somebody out. Every single president, every single Congress, Democrat and Republican, said, fine, let's spend more billions of dollars in Afghanistan. And while we were doing that, while, we were, while our men were fighting abroad and losing their lives, and we were paying Afghanis to fight abroad and losing their lives, we were all killing each other here at home. We were burning down the city of Minneapolis because one cop killed one guy who happened to be black but didn't kill him because he was black. But that became racism, and we burned down Atlanta. We burned down Minneapolis. There were riots in San Diego. There were riots in Portland. All over the country, we're killing each other. And the, the Chinese must be sitting back laughing their asses off. The Taliban have to be laughing their asses off. On the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we are now looking back, and we're seeing that after 20 years of all of this, the benefit that we got was zero, and the people who hate us and want to destroy us now have our weapons, our top secret weaponry that we left behind that Joe Biden and his generals weren't smart enough to destroy before we left. Or how about, I don't know, destroy them now? Like we've been out, we left August 31st, let's say September 8th, 9th. How about we know where they are? They're on bases. There's rows of, of, of helicopters. How about just drop a bomb and, and destroy them now? We're not even doing that. And you know why? Because we don't care. So our government leaders don't care. Joe Biden doesn't care. The generals certainly don't care. These generals, remember when Donald Trump came out and attacked the generals and CNN flipped out? Oh, he's attacking the military. He's attacking the generals. It's so horrible. He was right. These generals were making millions of dollars on side projects with defense companies. They all have consulting deals with defense companies. They retire millionaires while people like Johanny Pichado from Lawrence lose their life in the final days of a botched withdrawal because our government decided to pull our military out before we had out our American citizens. And I go back again. How do you say, how do you go, how is the president of the country, the most powerful man in the world, how do you go on TV and tell the Americans behind enemy lines who are hiding in basements because terrorists want to behead them and torture them and rape their wives and rape their daughters? How do you say to them, we won't leave without you? And then leave without them. Like imagine being that guy trying to make it to the airport, watching that last plane leave, knowing no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to get you. You and your family are now behind enemy lines in a country controlled by Muslim terrorists who put people in cages and light them on fire for fun. Who rape 10-year-old women and then make them their wives for fun. How'd you like to be that guy? How'd you like to be that guy and he voted for Joe Biden? How'd you like to be a Joe Biden supporter stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan today? Wow. This is where we are 20 years after 9-11. I was all for going into Afghanistan and I was all for going into Iraq. But like everything else, we let the generals run the show. We killed bin Laden. We neutralized most of Al-Qaeda at the time. We got rid of Saddam Hussein in Iraq. And then we should have got the fuck out. We should have got out and that should have been the end of it. Oh, Obama was who I, who I missed. But people like Obama and people like George, w, George H.W. Bush 
wanted to nation build. They thought we could build a government in Afghanistan that would respect women's rights, that would respect the rights of gays, that would respect the rights of minorities. It's not their culture, and it's not our business to tell them that it should be. And yet we went there with our American arrogance once again to tell other countries how they should run things. We should have gone in, killed our enemies, and got out. That's what the military is for. They're not for being police officers. I got a friend that came back from Afghanistan. He said he spent the last 10 weeks in Afghanistan as a police officer walking up and down the streets of Kabul and other other cities that I can't remember the names and basically being police officers, making sure that, you know, people that are driving around have their papers and making sure that, you know, nobody's robbing anybody or killing anybody. We became the police force of Afghanistan. That's not their mission and that's not their job. But we didn't care. We were so busy burning down Minneapolis and crying about women's rights and talking about the evil white supremacist insurrection of, of uh, January 6th or whatever the date is. We were so busy with, with killing the 1% because they make more money than the 99% that we didn't even pay any attention. And, and if we did, we just didn't care. This is where we are 20 years after 9-11. I'm disgraced by all of it. I've been actually holding this back since like the day that we left Afghanistan. We had to come in and do three local shows, and I had to hold all of it back because it was a local show. Shame on Joe Biden. He's a traitor. That's treason when you leave Americans willingly and purposely behind, America, behind enemy lines. And here's the worst part. We learned today, we learned yesterday and today, that it's our own State Department. It's the Biden administration that is stopping private individuals with planes who have decided, screw the government, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to go in and find Americans and get them out. They're stopping them from leaving the country because it's going to make us look bad. I remember watching Rambo. I know we got a minute left. I remember watching Rambo, the movie, and the premise of Rambo was um, Sylvester Stallone finds out that there are 20 years after Vietnam, there are still Americans being held by the North Vietnamese, and he's got to go in, and they're, being, and they're in concentration camps, and they're being tortured when he gets there. And I remember how I get, a, I get goosebumps just recalling it from what, that show. I think that movie came out in the 1980s, right? 30 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. I still get goosebumps thinking about how I reacted the first time I thought that that might even possibly be true. Like, what if there is an American back then in the 80s still in North Vietnam being tortured because he was an American soldier and after the war they just never liberated him? Here's what I'm going to promise you. 20 years from now, there are going to be real Rambos going into Afghanistan to get Americans that Joe Biden abandoned this year. And that's heartbreaking. Because they can say all they want. Well, it's only 100 people behind enemy lines. They don't know that. They don't know that. And by the way, that's only in Kabul. That's only in, 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 the, in the nation's capital of Afghanistan. What about all of those Americans, American contractors, American families, people who, who are of Pakistani defend, descent that went back to their own country to visit family members when all of this went down and they're stuck? And they're not in Kabul. They're all the way on the eastern, the, 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 the eastern side of the country. Oh, they're out by the, 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 the border of Pakistan. How do they get out? They can't even get to Kabul to get to the airport to get out. And our generals don't give a shit. And our president, I didn't vote for him. It's not a partisan statement, but he doesn't give a shit either. And they're doing, and not only are they not doing anything to get them out, they're stopping other people from getting them out. You know why? Because they know the outrage that this country will have if Americans come back from Afghanistan after being left behind enemy lines and they start telling stories that they were tortured. 
because they were left behind enemy lines. So we touched on the abortion thing. We touched on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, we touched on, on, um, on where we are as a country. There is a solution, and I know we got to go. You can roll up the, the, the credits, uh, the song. We have to stop saying that we will never forget and then remember with a ceremony, but don't do anything about it. We have to start caring again. Black people need to understand that not every white person hates them and stop treating white people that way. And white people need to understand that not all black people are out to get you and stop treating them that way. And poor people need to stop being resentful of people that have more money than them because they're rich. And rich people should stop looking down on poor people in this country. We are Americans. And we need, God damn it, we need to start acting like it. Because if we don't, this country is going to look more like Afghanistan 20 years from now than it does America. And if you don't think that's coming, start reading your history. I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, AFC Urgent Care, Marseille and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my meats, Tomo, Happy Crab, Clear Path for Veterans New England, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Dave Id Consoli, <laughs> and the Great Alliance Technical School. We'll be back next week with a local show. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.